Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Bob Galen. Oh, we're starting? Yes, we've already started. Oh, okay. Well, uh, welcome to the Metacast, Bob. Hi, Josh. <laughs> welcome, everyone, from beautiful downtown Cary. Josh, where are you at? I'm in beautiful downtown Raleigh, North Carolina. We're doing a distributed... We are technology mavens, man. We're doing a distributed... Uh, I, I would no. use that term loosely All right, so, with you, buddy. So you are a technology... Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll give you that, Josh. So welcome. And you're in beautiful downtown Raleigh. Yes, I am. And we're in the Metcast, baby. So yes. it's a nice sunny day. It's been raining. It's been crappy. It's been freezing and then hot. But today is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And we decided to lock ourselves in two separate rooms and talk. And talk for, for not too long. Yeah. <laughs> not, hopefully not too long. Uh, what are we going to talk about, Josh? So we're going to talk about, we got some feedback from actually a friend of ours that both Bob and I have worked with, Matt Block, who over a series of podcasts that we went through had some concern about the place for folks that just want to be told what to do. You know, when he listened to our recruiting Metacast and some of the other Metacasts that we had, he's like, you know, you're painting a pretty grim picture for anyone like this. So how can that work? Can it work? Should it work? Um, and that, those are great questions. So uh, threw it out to Bob last week and figured we need to tackle that. So, so go ahead. I, no, I was throwing it to you, sir. So it's people who, with the place for people in Agile who want to be told what to do. That's who prefer not to be out in front and, you know, like I have folks like that on my team. They're like, hey, listen, I just just tell me what to do. I'll I'll make it great, but that's really what I want to focus on is the craft of software, not, you know, the craft of being a team member of being an excellent team leader. Well, I mean, we're, we're we're fuzzing this up. I want to be clear, Josh. So, you know, let's let's parse this out. There's mm -hmm. being told what to do. So I'm anyone on the team. And, right. I, and I prefer, I prefer, I'm going to exaggerate, so let's, let's get a definition in place. Right. I, I prefer to not think. I prefer to be fed a task list every morning when I come in mm -hmm. and allow me to go into a dark, you know, cubby hole and type code or type tests and then come out at the end of the day and check my timesheet and go home. So that would be telling what to do, right? And, it, does, yep. that, and does that fit into Agile or not? Almost independent of leadership. The out in front sort of, you know, bother, it, it's that's different to me. You know, there are teams, so it's like, tell me what to do in my job. I, I don't have the initiative to figure it out. I know I'm exaggerating, but tell mm -hmm. me what to do. Then there's the, am I out front? Do I have to lead? I think that's different. I don't think every, I don't expect every team member, I mean, to lightly lead, but I'm not looking for someone, you know, leading the, the charge of the, the light brigade. I, I mean, not everyone has to do that. Not everyone has to jump up on a, a stump and have a, you know, do public speaking at the daily standup. So, but that is, that would be part of it. Let's parse it that way. There's the leading and the public outward facing stuff. And then there's the telling me what to do stuff. Is that fair? Yeah. All right. So that's that's which one do you want to focus on? How about the the task list? Yeah. Let's just go there. That's 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 kind of where Matt was going. You well, know, trying to see if there is a place for that. I don't. I'm going to just go out on a limb. You, yeah, I have an opinion. I'm like, right? I think that's gone. I hope gone are the days where people come in. I, I mean, I don't even know if I want to even work with any. Forget agile. Do I want to work with someone? who has no skin in the game 
and talk me down, Josh. I'm probably exaggerating too much, so you can talk me into sanity. But do I want to walk with, work with someone who comes in and says, "Give me my task list, and all I'm going to do, I'm not, I'm going to put blinders on, and I'll do that. I won't do a jot more or a jot less, uh, and I'll, I'll check it in, and then I'll leave at the end of the day." I don't know if I would ever hire someone like that, uh, even in a waterfall shop. I, I want people who are a little bit more open-minded than that, a little bit more creative than that. Creative personally, even, even on their code. Uh, and, and they're looking, you know, oh, uh, if someone on my team has help, needs help, I can help them, even if it's outside of my text list. Uh, that just sounds so darn lame to me nowadays. It used to be that way. I, right. remember, I remember in the 80s, the joke was, and it wasn't a joke, that every developer at Microsoft had an office, every office had a door, and you slid feet under the door and, and, you know, stogies under the door, cigarettes in the morning, and you'd get coat at the end of the day, and you wouldn't even know who was behind there. You wouldn't know if they had bathed. You don't know if they shaved. You didn't know if they stunk or not. It's like you didn't interact with them. You, the, only, right. the only interaction was code. I, I think we've outgrown that. So I'm having a hard time coming up with an argument for the sake of argument with you. Um, I think in the extreme case that it's a task list of, hey, give me stuff to do, um, I think that will set you up to be an okay team. Um, but I don't think anybody that wants to be more than just an okay team should be accepting of that. Um, <clears throat> and what I've seen is that generally – Folks that prefer to operate like that opt out of the team. They they end up leaving because that's not how they like to operate. Because no one's happy in that case. You know that 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 person who that's how they like to work. They're put in situations that they're not comfortable with, and the rest of the team gets frustrated because they don't feel as if they're engaged and have that skin in the game, like you mentioned. Um, so I I don't even know if it works for knowledge work. And where I'm coming from, like, I could see that if you would, like, I've done construction work. And I could see someone handing me a task list, you know, and saying, Bob, scrape the, you know, today you're going to scrape wallpaper. You're going to patch the walls and you're going to prime the walls in three rooms downstairs. Right. But is that in a team setting? Well, no, no. I mean, there would be, there would be members. Right. No, but if I'm, I'm thinking it's like manual work, not intellectual work, right? Not knowledge work, but I'm, I'm trying to draw a weird separation. I could sort of see, you know, tasks working in a, what, we're building a house or we're doing a remodeling effort. I don't even know if that's true because when I, whenever I did that, I worked in teams, right? I worked right, in small. Yeah. I worked in pair groups. I could sort of see it then. But here's what I'm saying, Josh. But we could predict, you know, I could predict that the walls are going to be sound or there's not going to be a bomb behind there. But in knowledge work, can you even predict what you're going to cover today in your task list? And then what do you do? I mean, do you, well, I would argue that even in the construction, right, you're going to get started and you're going to realize there's seven layers of I, wallpaper under I, there that you didn't know. And I've actually done that, and I've been there, and it sucked, and it took three days when we thought it was one day. But I was I was trying to create an analogy where it might be okay, and and it might, but I you just you know you just refuted it. It it you're right, and it gets worse in software because you you can't predict the future very well, and so so task lists are sort of irrelevant. Uh, I mean, their goals, right? So come in, right. and their goals. But I want someone to be nimble. That's that's my angst over this attitude. Is- yeah, and, and 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 even separating it from software, anybody that has played sports or likes to watch sports just listens to that. You know, like even 
basketball, right? People are like every every sport you play, just baseball, right? The American pastime, for heaven's sake. Coaches from the time kids start playing are encouraging everybody out there to communicate. I just don't understand how you can build an excellent team without communication across all parties. It, it just makes it harder when one chooses not to communicate because then at that point it's not operating as a unit. It's, and you're triangulating. If you can't, it's like that military thing, right? You train people, you train special ops. You don't, you don't train, you train them in all these skills. And then you, you give them a goal and you drop them behind enemy lines or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't give them a map. You don't give them a task list. You give them a goal. You give them mm-hmm. an objective. And then you've trained them well. And they've worked together as a team well. And the objective, then they adapt based on their training to whatever they encounter and they try to achieve the objective but they don't know if they're going to hand you know hit bad weather or if they're going to hit mines or if they're going to hit but but the, what they do know is they've been trained well to the best of their ability mm-hmm. they're going to work as a team and they clearly know what their objective is so they're not going if their objective is north they're not going east they're going they're they're always ever going north towards their goal i've always thought that that's the, the sort of the model for agile Right. right, you triangulate towards your goal, and no matter what hits you in the face as a team, where as a product owner, as a scrum master, as a team, as a developer, we're triangulating. There are no task lists. That's I think what I'm what I'm struggling with with, with this is task lists are irrelevant, yeah, unless it's unless it's the simplest work on the planet. You know. I'm, okay, so 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 we're even going to the point of forget someone that likes to work with a generated task list for them. We're saying that the effort to generate a task list is flawed in and of itself. It's, it, it's how long is it accurate? Right. For, for 10 minutes, for 15 right. minutes until the first bug you hit or the first you know piece of crappy code that needs to be refactored that no one, and it's not even wrong. It's no one did anything wrong. Right. You, you just made a discovery and your goal is to what? To create a good feature. So the task list, didn't, it's not on your task list. So now what do you do? Right. Do, do you ignore it? I, I would think the by road person would, would ignore it or, or think about it. Or just it. blindly charge down that path of it's on my list. Right. It's, uh, I, was, I was talking at a conference yesterday uh, for the last two days, a TISCA conference, a QA conference, and I, I was fortunate enough to do a, a keynote, and another young lady, Lynn McKee, did a keynote in the morning, so we did sort of back-to-back keynotes. And in Lynn's keynote, she was talking about the most, the most powerful tool, and arguably this is for testers, Mm-hmm. But but the most powerful tool you have, and she went like this. She put her hands up around her head, and she said, "Is your brain," and and I agree with you know that's your most powerful tool in that you think. This is exactly right. what's happening with the military, right? Tasklists are not thinking; they're following. And I want thinking engineers. I want thinking team members. You want thinking football players. I hope yes. that that they adapt to the other team. Right. The game plan was this. Can you imagine being on a football team where the game plan was this? In the first five plays, it doesn't work. You ran the you ran five plays consecutively, right? And, and neither time did it make any yards. And then and and the output is what? Oh, we're going to try to do that like twenty five more times. Well, but so look at you know what many people will say is the greatest quarterback of our generation with with, with Peyton Manning. He specializes at getting up to the line of scrimmage. And deciding what the best thing to do is at that point in time. And that's what makes him great and his team great. 
it's a, it's that same theme that I'm talking about. So, you know, it's to me, it's not even agile. I want to cut to the chase. It, it's this agility thing. Uh, it, it it is more relevant in agile, I think, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it's even it's even less useful to have taskless and agile teams. But I'll tell you what, I've led waterfall. I would not hire people like that. And I'm not saying they're bad. They can go find a, if they if they can find it, go find a task driven organization. I would argue that organization or company is probably not going to be doing well. But that's just my opinion. But from my point of view, if I'm building software teams, I want thinking team members. I want some adaptive team members. I want folks who aren't checking in and checking out every day. I want them to be sort of nimble, not just for me as a leader, but for their teams. What do you think? Right. I, again, I, I'm, I'm racking my brain trying to argue against you. And the original comment that Mac posted was about the open allocation pot, podcast that, that we did. And I think especially in an environment like that where – where, where you're putting it in front of the team, just like you said, where this is the goal, this is who we want to be as a company, this is the vision that we have for the problem we're going to solve. Then you open the gates and say, go make it happen. For that to really succeed, you're right. You can't have anyone like that on that team, and hiring someone like that into an environment of that nature is not going to make the world better. It's only going to make everything worse. It's going to make everybody unhappy. Uh, yeah, it's not even a leadership thing. You're absolutely right. I mean, the entire team. If you have a team of eight people who are who are sort of not doing that, who are the explorers, and one person who's like that, that that's going to, I would argue, that's going to disrupt the, the continuity of that team. That team's not going to be a happy team. It's not going to be a cohesive team. And you're not going to be able to, and you're not going to be able to pretend that it's not there. Right. Right. It's it's going to be. I think it's going to be blatantly obvious. I, I would actually take a, a step further, and I'm not trying to say fire, but if you're in a team and and you're a task follower, and again, I respect it, do it. That is okay. Uh, the world is full of people of different types and calibers and, uh, and, and styles. But if you're in an agile team, uh, let's bring it back to the Metacast, I would say get the hell out of there. If you're a task follower and you're in a good agile team, uh, then please leave as soon as you possibly can. Don't hang around because uh, I, I think it's going to be an unhealthy place for you. And if you're an agile team, and if you're an agile, a truly agile team member who is in a team of task followers, I would say the same thing. Get the heck out of that. Either you know, let your feet do your walking for you. Vote with your feet, because I don't know if that evolves very well over time. I don't. It's oil, like oil and water to me. Yeah. So the. The, the pattern that I've seen in teams I've inherited that where we've transitioned to Agile, we had folks that just said, hey, this is not how I was hired to work. It's not how I preferred to work. And I'm like, great. You know, that's okay. I, I, I understand. I want you to be happy. I want the team to be happy. No one's happy with the situation that we have. How can we help you land in a spot where you're happy? Yeah. Um, and that's been always the route that I've tried to take. And like I said a bit, Earlier, folks generally self-select out of that. Like, like they raise their hand, like this is not how I prefer to work. And usually, that comes up in a one-on-one where they say, "Hey, listen, this is not how I want to work. I'd, I'd like to do this, this, and this." And at the end of the day, just like you're saying, Bob, I end up saying that's not how we operate as a team. So if that's how you want to operate, that's fine. But this is not the team for you. And then at that point, it's. How can we help you find that team? Exactly, exactly. And it, you know, and like it, you said, it's not that it's wrong. It's just different. It's different, and it's, it's it's not. And I'll do whatever I can. I mean, to be clear, and this isn't lip service. 
I'll do whatever I can to find that person a viable place either in the company or I've, and when I've encountered this, I'll help them get out. I'll help them land wherever I can. If I have a network, I'll help network them out. Very often, it's hard to find them a place inside. If you're an entirely, you know, if you've gone agile across the organization, there might be a few, like a support group or something where you could find a place. But very often, there's not a lot of places for these folks to go. Right. Well, well then I'll try to help. The, you know, I don't just kick them out. I'll try to help them. I'll leverage my network and try to find a safe place for them to land. But I don't want I don't want us to be unhappy and them to be unhappy. That does, for very right. long. Let's go to the second part because we teased this apart. Now it's the do you have to lead? You know, do you have to be a grand orator? Uh, do you have to get up and, and, you know, in the sprint review, do you have to have wonderful prose bubbling out of your mouth? Uh, do you have to look good? You know, like me, does your hair? Have, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't look good. That was, you know, that was a joke. <laughs> I'm just making sure everybody's clear on that. Yeah, exactly. You I want to clarify that and leave no hesitation out there. You know what? The chuckle in that statement just did that, Josh. So, so whatever. <laughs> I want to really accentuate it. Make sure everybody understands what that chuckle meant. <laughs> good. They do, Josh. Now you're just beating it to death. But go, keep going. No, no, I'm done for now. Okay. No, but it's the or do I have to lead, right? Do I have to lead in the team? Do I have to be a technical leader? Do I have to pull my head up and stuff? Let's talk about, why don't you take the lead on that? But it's that side of things. Uh, how do you, how do you react to that? Sure. I, so I don't believe that you have to have any of those qualities that you mentioned, be an orator or look good, which we know you don't, you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I... What I do want is I want everybody to play that role. So things that I've seen that have created problems is it's always the same person that leads the retrospective or the demo or whatever. So I've always pushed for our teams to rotate that that responsibility because what happens is people will complain and in retrospectives they'll say, well, our retrospectives aren't run well. So then let's take a shot and get you up there and understand what it's like to lead that. And then your perspective changes when you lead that. So when you're on the other side of the table watching someone else lead, you understand what they're going through and you help facilitate that as opposed to becoming dependent on the person leading that meeting or that event or ceremony or whatever you want to call it. So that's the approach that I've taken. And it's it's rough sometimes when it's the first time someone does that, but when it's filled with a room of people that have stood up there as well and understand what's going on, then you have a massive support group that's helping make that happen. And I found that that really helps people grow. So that's one benefit over time is that the evolution that people go through when they, like I've had folks that have never stood up and demoed, right? Always someone else on the team does the demo. But I was like, okay, you know, Jimmy, it's your turn, right? I know you've never done that, but we got to get you up there. I, I, I think it. I agree with you. I have this weird analogy. You probably heard it. I don't know. Maybe not. I talk about agile leadership being uh, like uh, in teams, being like whack-a-mole. You remember that whack-a-mole thing, that yeah. little game at the uh, at the fairgrounds where little things pop up and you whack them down. It's not the whacking it down that I'm emphasizing, but to me, team leadership is people pop up as appropriate and lead something, mm -hmm. and then their heads pop back down and they don't lead. So what are the opportunities? And I, in a healthy Agile team, I'm looking for a lot of heads popping up and down. 
right. as appropriate. To me, an unhealthy team would be one head. Actually, what would be unhealthy? One head always pops up. And when so it's the only one leader. Yeah. I I would not want that. Or well, that's a or good I've, analogy because it's never always one thing that needs led at a time. Exactly. I like I like that view, and I literally look at a team. Not with all respect. I'm not tribu- I'm not trying to be rude to a team. Uh, the other thing is I've seen teams where no heads pop up. Right. So, so no heads are popping up at all. To me, that's an anti-pattern, and it needs coaching. Or mm-hmm. the one one head, the same head always pops up. That's an anti-pattern. But I'm looking for this sort of this what I would call situational leadership. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I think good agile provides all these opportunities for what showing off a feature in a in a in a uh, demo, mm-hmm. uh, being a scrum master for a day if the scrum master is out doing something else. Just one day, uh, lead just for 15 minutes. Right. Uh, lead a retrospective. Lead a lead one card conversation in a retrospective. Uh, so I think I I think everyone can lead in these small snippets, and it really develops people. Now I would encourage that. I wouldn't demand it. But if there was a team member that's that that their their head never popped up, Josh, mm-hmm. I would be concerned about that in an agile yeah. context. What do you think? I agree completely. It's like I said that. We've had folks that never demoed and, you know, kind of said, okay, what's the deal? Like, I'm just afraid to get up there and talk. Like, hey, listen, you are in a room full of friends and it's a safe place, right? We're going to help you. You know, if something goes bad, you you got more than a wingman. You've got a wing team right there ready to help you. Um, So having that and, again, always with the, hey, let's just try it. Let's give it a shot. You got the support staff here. And the point that you made about, when you don't see any heads pop up. So that's something that you helped me with probably about a year ago when I came to you. I said, listen, our retrospectives just aren't going as well as I'd like. We're not getting out of it what I'm hoping for. I'm pulling teeth to get people to talk. So what you said is just get out of there and leave it to 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 the team and let them lead the retrospective. And that changed our team drastically because I got the heck out of there and they no longer depended on me to lead it. And the retrospectives become so much better. Well, they, they, the heads have to... Now, I'm sure it was awkward when you first left. Yeah. I, I absolutely guarantee you there was a pause uh, and there was a gap and folks were really struggling with that. Mm-hmm. But then they started to respond to that. Now, if someone doesn't, back to Matt's point, I, I, I would I would look at it as a problem if someone never leads. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even get hung up on your example. You know your example of everyone has to talk at a, at a demo... I've, there are some people that are just scared to death of talking in public. So what I've done is I'm like, can you run the mouse in front of the room? Right. Can, can you type the key? Can your head, no one sees your face, but they'll, they'll see your head in the front of the room and you're actually driving the demo. Can you do that? Right. So, so that, so the people see that you are a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I, I just, I don't even care what it is. It doesn't even have to be vocal leadership. It just has to be what leadership show, show that your head pops up, that you care. I think it goes back to skin in the game. Show that you have some passion somewhere and, and will lead things, not because it's comfortable, but because the team needs your leadership and you're capable right. of doing it, right? So, but wrap me up to Matt's, you, I've, I read it as well, but have we covered Matt's point? I, uh, do you think we've addressed it? I think so, you know, he's just asking, hey, is there still room for developers that prefer to be told what to do? Well, what's our answer then? That's what I'm trying to... I, it seems like a pretty heavy-handed no. 
It it does. If 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 they're if they're blindingly if they're blindingly like that, if they're at all flexible, I know your style, mm-hmm. and I know my own style. If they show, you know this. If someone shows you an inkling of flexibility or an inkling of of just trying, you're going to coach your butt off with them, and you're going right. to show flexibility. But if someone, so if there's any shades of gray, I think the answer is work with them. And agile should be adaptable for that, as long mm-hmm. as as long as we're making movement, as long as there's progress. But if it's an adamant, no, I don't do this. Uh, I would even say this goes to coding. I'm a database engineer, and I don't do anything else but this. I, I don't touch anything but SQL X Y Z right. in the morning after I've had a coffee between ten and twelve, and suck off every part of the day after yeah. that. Any any reaction like that. Any mindset like that, I think, does really. I, I just, I just, I personally don't see that there's a fit for it. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think that in the extreme case that it's a staunch no, then it's not a fit at all. But, um, and I've seen it go both ways, and I've seen great success and people being happy with opting out and going to work someone else or evolving. How 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 they operate, and it's a it's a change of scenery. It's something different, and and they like it, or they discover they don't like it, and they decide to leave. You know, so that's. Do you look at but, this? Do you look at this as a way to wrap this? Do you look at this as a bad thing? I look at this as like this is okay. This is good. Yeah. I, I mean, I I might feel sad if I work with someone for a while and we have some hard conversations, but to me, I I I, I want to hear your reaction. I look at this as life. We don't like everything. Uh, change is good. Moving on is good. Finding what you love is good. What do you mm-hmm. think? I, no, I yeah. I, again, like the frustrating part about this podcast is I'm unable to disagree with you. I was really looking forward to arguing. Oh, oh man, but, I'm know, sorry, Josh. That's all right. We don't. We agree more than not, but there, there are. I know, but at least at some point in almost every metacast, we take a differing we opinion. Do, we do butt heads. Your large head butts against my smaller head. <laughs> Luckily, I win often because of my well, massive yeah. cranium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I have the dents to show for. It. <laughs> uh, I this was this is actually Matt Matt Block. Thank you. Really good question and really good topic for the Metacast. Thank you for listening and thank you for teeing this up because it made me think and we've never you know it always surprises me how there's so much nuance in Agile for us to have different like directions and lenses to talk about things. Mm -hmm. I remember Josh when you first proposed the Metacast I was like you know why do this? I mean, we, you know, there's only five topics on the planet we could ever talk about, <laughs> and we would run out. So, what the hell is the point? And here it is. What this is over 50 episodes, yeah, and we still have wonderful people. You know, you and I are learning and adapting, and we have wonderful teams and experiences, and we're still getting like, you know, our colleagues are teeing things up. So, thank you, Matt Block. Absolutely. So, Josh, we're, we're, yes. we're, we have to stop the hugging and tell people, you know, to close down the Metacast. What, what's no, our, no, 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 no. Right. So what's the close down procedure? What's our process for closing this sucker down? Well, since you botched it last time, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, take the run with this. So Please. How do, you, how do you get in touch with us? So we're going to extend this a little bit beyond the normal. So don't stop the podcast like you might once you hear me start talking about our website or <laughs> Twitter address. Um, we, we are going to be in Las Vegas the first week in June for Ad- 
Yeah, for Agile West and Better Software Conference, um, June 1st through June 6th, both Bob and I have uh, speaking engagements there. We are um, working on arranging podcasts. I'm really leaning on Bob to see if we can get like a session with a uh, like a essentially an open mic, you know, where we where we just take questions from from the field, and that's a podcast, kind of a live Q and A. Um, so I'm leaning on Bob's stardom, uh, Captain Keynote, to uh, help us make that happen. Um, so that's where that's where you can see us live and in person, and you can see just how massive this cranium really is. Be, um, be afraid, be very afraid. <laughs> Yes, it's got its own gravitational pull, so beware. Um, <laughs> uh, traditionally, you can find us on Twitter, where Matthew, uh, Matt, I won't call you Matthew like probably your parents do when you're in trouble, where Matt got in touch with us um, about some of these questions and reached out. Um, we are at Meta-Cast, all spelled out. We received some comments also on a past couple podcasts on our website at Metacast, Meta-Cast, the actual character itself we're on facebook we're in itunes we're everywhere we can be so if you're listening to this you can undoubtedly find us reach out any one of those we will listen and we're ready to help absolutely well done joshua thank you robert (laughs) (laughs) in a parental closeout (laughs) yes look everyone thank you so much we appreciate listening and until the next metacast i'm bob galen and i'm josh anderson shake and bake Goodbye, y'all. See ya.